I just want to provide some context to the best fits only mock draft. And what this is designed to do is just align players with teams that I think are the best fits for each other. So starting with St. Louis, I have Cordell Jones as a guy that can get this team where they want to go. I think he is the most ideal fit for this offense. They want to run the football, operate off play action, take those timely shots deep down the field, whether that's intermediate or deep down the field. And let's just be honest, Cordell Jones has the best intermediate and deep ball accuracy in this year's draft class. And when you look at the Rams offensively, Tavon Austin, they also have Brian Quick, I think is going to be a solid uh, contributor this year. And whatever they can get out of their tight end situation, I think they have some solid tight ends in Harkey, Kendricks, and also Cunningham. Um, You can make a case that they could use a receiver. If they didn't trade up to number one, I would have given them Treadwell um, and then probably taken a quarterback later. But I do think if... I had the choice at one, and I needed a quarterback. I have to stick true to my quarterback rankings and go with a guy like Cardell Jones. You look at Philadelphia, I think when you look at their roster, a few things jumps out at you or jump out at you as, as team needs. And uh, one is the linebacker position. You can say they can use an edge rusher. I know they have Nigel Bradham and, and Michael Kendricks. I think Kendricks is the keeper. Hicks is the guy that's a, that's a young player that that's going to improve. So I think he's a keeper. I do think they can use a guy that can get outside pressure. Um, I know they're moving to a four, three. So you look at a sandbacker here, possibly you can also look at a safety. I know they signed Rodney McLeod, but you know, if we're being honest, if it were up to me, I would play Ed Reynolds a little bit more. I like his ball skills at safety. So I went with Ezekiel Elliott. I think they have a huge need at running back. Now the depth here is outstanding. You have guys that can be depth guys like Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, I even like Ross Sherman, who they picked up this offseason from Le- uh, sorry for Lafayette. He's a tremendous playmaker that can also do a lot of damage as a slot receiver um, and also as a returner. But, you know, I could have went receiver here as well. They need a legit threat on the perimeter, but you can win with Jordan, Matthew, Jordan Matthews, I'm sorry, Nelson Aguilar, and Josh Huff. I just think they have to get that home run threat in the backfield. And Ezekiel Elliott, to me, just makes a lot of sense for Philadelphia. Now, you look at San Diego, I know a lot of people are saying they're going offensive tackle, whether that's Ronnie Stanley or Larry Tunsil. But to me, I just think they can't pass up on Jalen Ramsey. I like the uh, Dwight Lowry. I like Daryl Stuckey. Um, and keep an eye on Dexter McCoyle, whom they got via free agency that just came down from the CFL, played in Edmonton. It was an outstanding, quote-unquote, nickel linebacker, pseudo strong safety so I do think he has some potential here um, a guy that had tremendous ball skills at Tulsa went up there to hone his game um, in the CFL now he's back in the NFL and I do think McCoyle is a sleeper for the Chargers but I do think you cannot pass on Jalen Ramsey and, and here's a guy that has tremendous versatility he can tackle so you can play him at you can play him at free or strong if you want to get creative you can play him at corner gives you Brandon Flowers Casey Hayward, Jason Verrett, Craig Mager, they're they're solid in their secondary, I think, on the corners. But to have a, a guy like Ramsey that gives you that versatility and flexibility in which you can do defensively, I'd be hard-pressed to pass on him if I were uh, San Diego. And moving on to Dallas at four, now that Ezekiel Elliott is off the board. And the thing about the running back position, you look at what they brought in. They brought in Alfred Morris. And, yes, he and Darren McFadden can get the job done if they get a healthy Lance Dunbar. They'll be solid enough in the backfield. I'm not has, I'm not too quick to go quarterback uh, right now for Dallas. I still think Kellen Moore can be the number two. You saw him beat out uh, last year 
uh, Matt Castle. And, you know, if Moore gets more playing time, he can be what they want in this offense. Receiver is set. Tight end is set. Defensively, the biggest hole they have is because of consistency and, and guys getting injured and guys getting suspended. Defensive end and Joy Bosa made the most sense here. So moving on to Jacksonville, and the Jaguars have a ton of talent, man. You like the depth that they that they have at receiver with Robinson and Hearns. I like Marquise Lee, Rashad Green, uh, Neil Sterling out of Monmouth. I still like Aurelius Ben, Rashad Bailey. They're good at receiver. Tight end, they're solid. I like Nick Jacobs and Ben Koyak. I do like Mercedes Lewis. Seems like he's been there forever. And Julius Thomas, the backfield, I'm a big fan of T.J. Yeldon. I think he should be the bell cow, but they bring in Chris Ivory, so they're going to share a carry. So they are good everywhere on offense. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. They hope Dante Fowler can come back from that injury and be what they thought he was going to be as a rookie. To me, Mike Backer is where they have the biggest question mark, and that's why I went with Miles Jack. He's a guy that can play outside backer if they want to replace Dan Scooter or if they want to pair him up with uh, Scooter and Smith and replace Puz Luzny then Miles Jack can play either inside or outside. I just like the fit for Jacksonville. He's an athletic player, and you want to utilize his athleticism somewhere at that second level, and that's going to help them be successful moving forward. Next up, you have Tennessee. And with this particular mock, I looked at where Tennessee can use some help. People quickly look at the receiving core. I like their their depth there. Trey McBride is going to you know, step up big this year, I believe. They still have Justin Hunter and Dorio Green Beckham. Uh, play well down the stretch. Kendall Wright still is a game breaker in my opinion. I like Harry Douglas and Rashard Matthews. Um, a lot of question about the offensive line, but to me, how you're able to run the football and operate off play action can alleviate a lot of the pressure on your offensive line. So I don't think they need there. There's a big need up front. Um, a lot of times, quarterbacks tend to sack themselves. So Mariota in his second season has to do a better job of getting rid of the football quickly. We'll see what Terry Rubisky can do with this offense and making sure that happens. And the added benefit of bringing in DeMarco Murray allows them to have some success. And you have David Cobb still there, um, a cluster and, and Flewellen, uh, Andrew. So there's depth there uh, in the backfield. So I go with the defensive side of the ball. And to me, the secondary is where they need help. Now, since Jalen Ramsey is off the board, that would have been a great fit. For Tennessee, I went with Vernon Hargraves the third. I think at, at corner, they could use a little help. I know they have Jason McCourty. He's solid. Bryce McCain, they bring in via free agency. Um, Parrish Cox is okay. Uh, but I do think they have to have a legit threat or a guy that can get the ball back to that offense. And Hargraves, to me, uh, with his ball skills, is where I think would be the best fit. Going out west of San Francisco, I look at the receiving core, just quite honestly. They they do not have threats. They have a team full of threes and fours. Um, Torrey Smith could be a solid number three. Um, same for Quentin Patton, Ellington, and uh, whatever they can get this year out of Smelter, who's returning from injury. I like his potential. But there's no legit number one, which is why I went with Laquan Treadwell, who gives them a number one and kind of allows everyone else to slide in their natural slot. As long as Colin Kaepernick is on this roster, he's the best quarterback here. They don't need a quarterback. Um, defensively, I think they, they're going to be okay. There's a lot of good athletic young talent on this defense, and I think the offensive line will slowly start to figure out what they want to get done. They can e easily use a guard, but you got to see what you have in Brandon Thomas. Um, you also got to see what you have 
if Anthony Davis is coming back to the 49ers. So I think the offensive line eventually will figure things out. But if you're going to help out your quarterback, whether that's Colin Kaepernick or if they choose to draft someone, there's no legit number one threat. That's why Treadwell makes a lot of sense. Now, moving on to the Browns, I do like what the Browns have um, defensively. You know, I love the addition of Demario Davis. I like Nate Orchard, who they, whom they drafted last year. I was a big fan of his game. I think they're solid on defense. Secondary, to me, is not that big of an issue. Um, I like Jordan Poirier as more as a, of a combo safety, a guy that you can play down in the alley, um, more, so, more so as a hang defender. Uh, I like Ibrahim Campbell. I had a first-round grade on him last year, and now he's going to step into the starting strong safety role. Cornerback is going to be solid. You know, you have Pierre Desir and guys like Justin Gilbert that's, that are going to be solid backups to Joe Hayden and Tremont Williams. So there's no need for a cornerback. I um, mean, they bring in Raheem Moore via free safety. So the biggest and most glaring need to me for Cleveland is that wide receiver. They are almost as bad as San Francisco as far as not having a number one threat. So I'll go with Josh Doxson of TCU. That's why I went there with, with uh, the pick because there's no – option out there that really strikes fear in your heart if you're a defender um and when you don't have that that clear-cut number one guy that you really have to pay attention to you make yourself that easier to defend and so you start to add pieces on the flanks for rg3 and now it opens things up for the running game which then just opens up the entire offense so that's why i think they have to go receiver uh with this pick tampa bay they need someone that can get pressure off the edge i know jockey smith came on strong last year. I like Howard Jones. Um, I also like what they have in, in Martin Affetti, uh, who was a, a free agent last year, free agent signee. William Gosen is still holding on one spot, and they brought in Robert Ayers. But I do think you want to continue to stockpile defensive ends. I like what they bring to the table at the second level uh, at linebacker. Um, so I still go with Shaq Lawson. I, I think defensive end, you need some someone that can really get it. Now, if you want to get a good rotation going, guys that can play maybe, you know, 8 to 12 snaps a game. And if you're talking about rotational defensive linemen, pass rushers, then this is just a, a great fit for Tampa Bay, which kind of knocks down the Giants in what they need. Um, I know they have Owa Odigazua they drafted last year. He's going to step up and play a huge role. They bring in Olivier Vernon. The Giants' biggest issue to me has always been at the second level. Now, you can make some things happen in the secondary that you could have. You could still have some success. I like how they brought in Janoris Jenkins. Um, I'm still a big fan of what Leon McFadden can do as a depth guy. Safety, I almost went with a, a guy. Uh, I almost went with a guy like Sewell Cravens, but I think that having Landon Collins and Sewell Cravens would be having two of the same players. Uh, so I, I stayed away from the strong safety position, and I went to – uh, inside linebacker with Reggie Ragland. It just makes sense to get a guy that, that can be that consistent Mike backer, a linebacker that they can hang their hat on for Big Blue. Devin Kennard is a, is a tremendous player. I thought he had a very solid rookie season. Uh, I'm sorry, um, la he had a very solid season last year, and I think that's a good fit for Ragland out of Alabama. Now, Chicago is interesting because when you look at the Bears, I have two situations where – the Bears could use uh, a cornerback, but I think Bryce Callahan acclimated himself uh, very well as a rookie. Um, you also look at 
uh, Kyle Fuller, who's who's going to get back to where he was when he was drafted in 2014. Keep an eye on Devontae Bowsby, a street free agent out of Pittsburgh State. And um, I think those guys are, are good corners, you know, and it helps helps that you have young guys that are staying within that scheme. But they could use a corner, but I didn't go corner. I went offensive line. I look at the left tackle. I like Charles Leno, but I think Tunta would be an ideal fit in Chicago. So so that way you have two really good guys on your offensive line and Kyle Long and, and, and Tunta, two premier guys in my opinion, with guys that you can fill in everywhere else. Bobby Massey can't compete at a high level at right tackle. Hironis Grassu is going to get better in his second season, and Matt Slauson is, is a, a wily vet. So I do think the Bears probably can get a, a tackle, and Charles Leno, quite honestly, can also play guard. So if Tunsil is still on the board, which I doubt in the real draft, I would hope not, but if he is and you're Chicago, you'd be hard-pressed to pass on him. Now for New Orleans, um, Tyler Boyd makes so much sense. I know you can go in the secondary uh, but you got to think they're getting back P.J. Williams, who they drafted last year. Delvin Bro stepped up big for the Saints. They still have Brandon Dixon. They also uh, have Damian Swan, who hopefully he's back healthy at 100%. Safety play, you still have Jarris Bird and Kenny Vaccaro. Um, so you, you can make a case they could use a free safety, but not really right here. I look at their offense, and quite honestly, outside of Brandon Cooks, I know people are going to say, oh, will they have Willie Sneed? Oh, will they have... Uh, Josh Hill, now they still have a lack of threats. Brandon Coleman is going to play the Marcus Colston role now, and that's highly suited for him. That inside receiver, that pseudo tight end wide receiver um, that we used to call it back in college. So I think adding Tyler Boyd balances out this passing attack because now you have a guy that's a tremendous route runner that doesn't have to go deep down the field necessarily. He can work the short to intermediate. You can have Coleman work the inside to intermediate. And now you have Brandon Cooks that can work every level. He's your deep threat. He's your game breaker. And if you want to mix in Willie Sneed, that's fine. But I do think the Saints have to upgrade the weapons outside. They have, they have tremendous depth, quite honestly, in the backfield. You got Mark Ingram, C.J. Spiller, uh, Travaris Cadet, uh, Marcus Murphy, whom they drafted the year before. So I, I do think the receiving core is something that no one has talked about with New Orleans. They have to get better on the flanks. There's no legit – threats you have Brandon Cooks who can get rerouted at times he's not as physical as you would like a guy that plays on the outside but you know he's he has shown the ability to be a tremendous playmaker and that's where I think they have to continue to add talent because the Saints don't have a legit threat outside of Cooks um, on the roster McKenzie Alexander for Miami makes a lot of sense not as sold on Byron Maxwell um, Jamar Taylor has had his issues, although I was a big fan of his game. You hope Walt Akins can step up at safety and you, you want to see what you can get out of Tony Lippett, a, a, uh, a guy that, that made the move to cornerback. And they also have Ifo Ekpre Olamu, who we don't know if he's going to be back at 100%. So adding cornerback help to me just makes sense. And why not get a guy like Mackenzie Alexander that, that's physical, he can press, he can play off. Um, he has the ball skills in the sense that he can find the football. Now, he may not catch the interception, but he finds the football. And that's another addition of the, you know, when people say ball skills, they think, oh, that's the interception. That's part of it. The other part is being able to find the football. And so um, I think Mackenzie Alexander would be a great fit. Oakland, I kind of talked to, I actually let this cat out the bag on Twitter uh, with the receiving core. 
Oakland is fine at, on defense. You know, you can make a case they can use a linebacker, but I kind of like Ben Heaney and what he brings to the table. I like Malcolm Smith. Um, you know, I still like what they have on the roster and guy in Colton Underwood, I think can play a weak side backer or, or sandbacker in certain situations. Uh, they bring in Bruce, Bruce Irvin, their defensive line, I think is very awesome. They can use some depth there at uh defensive tackle, but I like their starters. Um, in the secondary, David Amerson, I got mocked on Twitter uh, because I said the Redskins let him go. And, oh, he's going to get Burns. He produced probably a Pro Bowl season for the Raiders. And you don't get rid of ball hawks. You don't get rid of uh, guys that can take the ball away. But what do I know? I don't I don't know nothing about the game. Um, they still have Saquon Edwards. I like him. And, and some people will say, well, what about safety? Well, they have – they bring in Reggie Nelson – they also have Larry Asante. I've always been a fan of Larry Asante. I'm surprised he didn't stick in Cleveland. And Tevin McDonald, big fan of his out of Eastern Washington. He could play corner or either safety spot. Uh, you hope Nate Allen comes back at 100%. So I think they're fine in the secondary. So I didn't go there. I went receiver with Corey Coleman. Now, if you can imagine a situation where you're a young quarterback and you constantly stockpile that roster, that that those those perimeter options, that's what – the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts did with Peyton Manning. They constantly added talent, first-round type talent in um, at receiver, at running back, at tight end, and that's why he was able to sustain such a high level of success um, because he had the options. Their offensive line is going to be outstanding. Uh, tight end play, I don't know why they're trying to get rid of Michael Rivera. I think he's a solid fullback H-back uh, that will pair perfectly with Clive Walford. Um, so I, I, I like what they have at tight end, at fullback. I do think they need a tailback. If Ezekiel Elliott fell this far, I would run up to the pick myself, uh, to the podium myself, and make this pick for the Raiders. But looking at receiver, Crabtree, Cooper, now you toss in Corey Coleman, I mean, it'll be very tough to defend the Oakland Raiders in 2016 if they were, to able, if they were able to make that pick. Uh, with Baltimore, the way this particular draft fell, and, and it's, again, it's not necessarily a, a mock on what I would do or what they possibly will do. It's just going by best fits. And I just think a guy like Noah Spence and what he brings to the table. And, and the Ravens tend to get guys like this, guys that fall in a draft that are tremendous football players. And Spence, to me, would be a great fit as a sandbacker or if they want to call it a weak side linebacker. Uh, weak side defensive end or whatever you want to call it. He can get to the quarterback. The Ravens can use guys that can also get to the quarterback, and he would be a nice added addition to that that uh, front seven because it's aging. You still have Elvis Dumerville and Terrell Suggs. I know they drafted Zadarius Smith last year, but when you talk about getting to the quarterback and Noah Spence, he's still on the board. Go with him. They could also use a receiver. I mean, let's be honest. You look at guys like Chris Matthews, Kalen Clay, Chuck Jacobs, the back-end roster guys, the only one on the back-end that I think is very good to me would be Jeremy Butler. Um, you know, Steve Smith Sr. is coming back. They bring in Mike Wallace. You know, they still need a receiver. They need probably two at that position. I'm still not sold on Brashard Perriman. You know, not the fact that he's coming off an injury, but prior to that, when he was at 100%, when he was at Central Florida, to me he was no different than Marlon Brown. So, you know, I think they could use a receiver here, but if I had to choose between a receiver and Noah Spence, I'm going with the better fit to me would be Spence. For Detroit, it's interesting when you look at the Lions because they've drafted well, in my opinion, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I like their offensive line is young and improving. Walford, 
Swanson, Tomlinson, Reef, I think are good. I like Eichert. Um, I even like Braxton Cave. And they have Jeff Swartz, they're bringing over, and Cornelius Lucas. So I think their offensive line is really good. I like what they have up there. I like what they bring to the table at tight end. Um, tailbacks are, are without question with Zinner and Abdullah and, and Riddick. Uh, you know, even George Wynn, guys that can really do a lot of damage uh, in space and also within the confines of the tackle-to-tackle box. I just think playmaker is where they have to go on defense. And I look at Sewell Cravens. I think he would be the most ideal fit to pair up with Glover Quinn um, in the secondary. And, and Cravens is an interesting guy. We talked about him coming out of high school as one of those premier type talents. He, I thought he was going to be a better player than Leon McQuay uh, to the top two safeties, I believe, coming out of house, high school that year, went to USC. And I like Cravens more so than McQuay, uh, even though McQuay next year is going to be a really good safety prospect coming out of the Trojans program. I just think when you combine Cravens, Diggs, Lawson, uh, Slay, I, I just think that's an outstanding uh, secondary and gives Terrell Austin, um, the defensive coordinator, a lot of options with what he can do defensively. Now Atlanta, the Falcons, to me, if they wanted to, and Matt, Matt Ryan's only 30, right? So in, uh, I, you don't want to say we need to find his heir apparent because he still has about a good four to five good years left. And he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible. He's been average to good. So he's on that end of average. You know, you could be bad to average and average or average to good. I think he's been average to good. I was almost tempted to give him, to give them Jared Goff because I think that would be an ideal fit for Goff to go to the Falcons. Um, however, First of all, I don't understand why they gave Muhammad some new money, um, that amount of money to be not better than Justin Hardy. But I digress. You know, they, so in my opinion, they could also add a receiver. But I do like Justin Hardy as a as a good one-two punch with with Julio Jones. It's a new as a three, but you don't overpay for a three. So looking at the Falcons, I think going, I think their defense is going to be fine. Um, Joey Mabu or Mbu, however however you pronounce his, his last name. Coming out of Houston, I, I liked his game. They have Grady Jarrett um, and Adrian Claiborne. I still am a big fan of Malachi Goodman. So I think their defensive line, I still don't know why Tyson Jackson is starting, but I do like their defensive line. Um, linebackers, they have Upshaw. They have Schofield. Star is going to finally get some reps, hopefully. And you hope, uh, knock on wood, that Sean Weatherspoon can stay healthy. Because uh, to me, he's much better than Philip Wheeler. So I, I didn't want to particularly go defense I look at their offense and I look at the guard position and I you know I see Chris Chester I know they have James Stone that can flip-flop between guard and center so I went with Landon Collins I'm sorry Landon Turner out of North Carolina because I, I really like him he's my number one guard in this draft class I just think Collins is a good athletic guard that can win on both ends so big fan of what he does and I think he would be an ideal fit for the Falcons staying on the offensive line when you talk Colts I think guard or interior offensive line from guard, left guard to right guard to center, you have to talk about a need. And so Cody Whitehair, a guy that can play tackle, he can play either guard spot. If need be, he could probably do a good job as a center. So he has really good skills, and I think adding him to this offensive line just helps bolster. It gives you Costanzo and also Muhort, um, and now you get another premier player in, in Whitehair. I think that would be a, a very good fit 
for Indianapolis. You look at the Jets, and it's funny because a lot of people are talking about giving the Jets. Uh, you got to trade up and take um, Carson Wentz. You got to trade up and take Carson Wentz. And I'm just like, well, you just took Geno Smith two years ago, who's 25. You took a guy in Bryce Petty last year, who's probably 24, 25. And now you're talking about taking uh, Paxton Lynch. At the end of the day, who's gonna but who's gonna develop these guys? And where are these guys gonna play? You have a lot of young guys, and and no one, it, it, only one guy can play the position at a time. It's not like you're stockpiling talent at receiver. You know, as quarterback. And Geno Smith to me is still better than Bryce Petty and also Paxton Lynch. So I went offensive line because I like Sean Hickey coming out of Syracuse. They bring in Ryan Clady. But if Taylor Decker is still on the board, I'd be hard-pressed to pass on Taylor Decker, and that's why I went with the pick. I just think offensive line for the Jets is more so of a need, especially at left tackle, losing a guy, a future Hall of Famer in uh, DeBrickishaw Ferguson for uh, some, you know, losing him in the offseason and going somewhere else. So you have to find a left tackle. And I'm upset that I missed Buffalo after Indianapolis. So going back to Buffalo, defensive line, you know, whether it's a, a defensive end, whether it's a five tech, I think either way, DeForest Buckner would be a perfect fit for Dennis Thurman and Rex Ryan and what they do defensively. I think uh, Buckner is outstanding. You know, big hand, strong, anchors well, uh, can't collapse a pocket, whether it's with, you know, with, well, it is with his power rush um, and just having length and playing with length. He does a great job in, in both. So I, I still like what they have there. I know some people say the Jets need an outside rusher, but I do outside rusher, but I do like Buckner uh, with the Bills. But when you look at the Jets, I still think a guy like Molden can be a good player. Uh, Deion Barnes, whom they picked up last year as a as a uh, undrafted free agent, to me is a solid guy. I still like what they have also in house there um, from Clarion and Mike Catapano. Uh, they got in from Kansas City. So I don't think they need a rusher. They just got to put the right guys out there um, because the talent is on the roster. Same as with the secondary. You know, I tried to tell people two years ago about Marcus Williams. You know, I got laughed at. God's a guy from North Dakota State who's going to play corner. Like, here here he led the team in interceptions last year or something like that. Rontez Miles, give him more playing time. He's going to do fine. Uh, another uh, Division two prospect. Um, Dexter McDougal, we get a chance to see what he can do at 100% two years removed from injury. So they're fine everywhere else. I think offensive line would be a huge need for for Gang Green. Washington is up. And I like the fact at first I was going to go corner, um, but with the signing of Josh Norman, you look at him and Breland and you still have Chris Culliver, uh, you know, some guys in the shades of Everett that, that, you know, you are young, talented players. Um, Cause showing uh, Jared at safety along with D'Angelo Hall and Duke Ian Nacho, they're fine. And to me, the second level is fine. Um, Kerrigan, we know what he can do as a pass rusher. Preston Smith came on strong late last season and they have some young and in, intriguing prospects. Willie Jeff Jefferson is a guy came out of Stephen F. Austin, went up to Canada, went to the Edmonton Eskimos, was a tremendous pass rusher up there. They bring him down here. He's going to be an outside edge rusher. I remember he was an undrafted free agent with the Cleveland Browns, and I was surprised he didn't stick. They also have one of my favorite players, period, in Carlos Fields backing up Will Compton as an inside backer. So I don't think they need an inside backer because I think Fields is that guy. 
Galette is going to come back healthy at 100%. Also, Houston Bates out of Louisiana Tech is another outside edge rusher. So they're fine there. They're also fine on the defensive line. I like James Gale. Stephen Paya, they brought in via free agency. You know, um, Kendall Reyes they have as, as, as well. Lyndon Trail, be interested to see how he develops with this team. You remember him from the Houston Texans coming out of uh, Norfolk State, tremendous athlete. So I went offense with this pick, and I look at the center position, and I, I say Kyle Friend, to me, is the best center in this draft class. And you want to get stout up the middle, and you watch any Temple film offensively, and all you saw was Kyle Friend doing his job and doing it very well against some of the top defensive tackles they played uh, the last two seasons. So I think Friend is a, is probably going to get drafted maybe in the fifth round, fifth or sixth round, but he's going to outplay that uh, draft slot. And, is, and, again, it's just a great fit for Washington. And, and looking at Houston, you could sit here and we can go back and forth and say they still need a quarterback because I'm not as sold on Brock Osweiler. Um, he did do the he did do a solid job stepping in last year. He he held he held the fort. You know, I want to say he was what five and two in the games he played, which is which is good. You know, we don't know if how good he would have been in that Super Bowl. Um, maybe he would have been better than Peyton Manning, but they won either way. And kudos for him for for parlaying that into a seventy eight trillion dollar contract from the Houston Texans to be their quarterback. So I look at the receiving core. I think they have to do something at receiver. Uh, I like Mumphrey. I like strong as a, as a good number two, but if you can add talent, you, you need three wide receivers um, in this day and age and adding a guy like Will Fuller, I think balances out Hopkins and strong strong can work inside. You have your, your outstanding flanker, as uh, Will Fuller and your ex and Hopkins. And I think this is where you can do a lot of damage. This is where Osweiler can really attack um, deep down the field with, with Fuller because teams are going to have to worry about Hopkins and Strong after a while will do a lot of damage underneath. Um, that's why I think getting that speed demon, that deep threat, and it's not because he has speed, he's a deep threat. It's because he has the ability to catch the football. That's the difference between him and a guy like Ted Ginn. So I just think this is a good fit for the Texans. This one may actually happen tonight in the draft. It would be interesting if that plays out. Minnesota, you've been seeing a lot of buzz about this, um, but this actually makes a ton of sense. You look at the Vikings, and I'm not – I still hold out hope that Cordero Patterson put in the offense and actually given the football can still make things happen. There's a reason why he went in the first round because he is a game breaker with the ball in his hands. Don't worry about throwing it deep down the field. Give it, give it to him short and let him make do what it do. Um, so I went defense, and I look at strong safety. And that's why a lot of people are saying Carl Joseph is a great mesh here. And I completely agree. You know, the, the thought was that Antoine Exum, uh, Antoine Exum was going to be the, the strong safety, but we still have to wait and see. Michael Griffin, he's eh, he's okay at this juncture in his career. Um, but if you have a chance to get a, a, a game-breaker in Carl Joseph, uh, yes, he's coming off an injury, but I just think this will be a great fit um, in, a, in a rare opportunity where you're meshing great talent with elite talent with great fit. Um, and that's why I think that's a good mesh right there between a good match between Minnesota and Carl Joseph. Cincinnati, I went with the receiver. Um, 
they lose Marvin Jones and also Sanu, who all three work well together. Green, Sanu, and Jones. That's that's the that's what you call a tandem. And I like Jake Kumro, um, the Division three guy out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Alford is a is another player that's in the mention, but he's more along the lines of Brandon Tate. Um, don't know why they brought in Brandon LaFell, so they still need a receiver. And I think another excellent number two would be Michael Thomas, Mike Thomas out of Ohio State. I think that's a dangerous one-two punch in Thomas and Green, so I like that fit too. I'll be interested to see if this plays out tonight in the draft. I, I think if you can get a guy that's that can take the short pass and take it a long way in, in Thomas, paired up with Green, who is more of your intermediate deep route runner, your big play threat, you have two game breakers on the flanks, and then you have a guy like a Alford or maybe – um, a LaFell that can work underneath or even, you know, Giovanni Bernard, if you want to get creative and utilize him, or you still have those excellent tight. They're so deep at tight end. It's not even funny. Um, ton of talent at tight end for the Bengals. So I think receiver may be where they go in the draft. And if so, I would rather them go with Michael Thomas. Pittsburgh is up. And I think with the Steelers, a couple of, a couple of things I, I took into consideration. I looked at, um, they're secondary, obviously, but you get a guy back in Sinquez Golson that they drafted in the second round out of Ole Miss. I'm a big fan of Dorian Grant, whom they drafted last year in the fourth round. So those played into a factor of me not going cornerback with this pick. And when I look at uh, how well Ross Cockrell played last year, and I, I still like at free safety the depth they have in Jordan Dangerfield, keep an eye on him, man. This is a guy that played well in the FXFL. He was a tremendous talent coming out of Towson. And the Steelers kept calling him back for a reason. And so I think that's a good uh, guy to keep an eye on as a depth guy. But I do like him. And, again, I didn't go corner because I like Sinquez Golson um, coming back from injury. I didn't go defensive line um, or linebacker. I think they're fine there. Receiver, they're, you know, they're obviously going to be okay. Um, we're going to see Sammy Coates play the role of Martavis Bryant. Um, they still have Wheaton and Brown. I went tackle, man, to be honest. I look at Ronnie Stanley. I think he's he can play either left or right. He's athletic enough, and I think he's a better tackle than Alejandro Villanueva, who's still learning the nuances. I know he, he acclimated himself well, started to play fine down the stretch, and you don't want to lose that level of continuity, but Stanley is a much better left tackle than what they have right now at Villanueva's in Villanueva. So that's why I went with Ronnie Stanley out of Notre Dame. Moving over to Seattle. Uh, and the Seahawks are interesting because people will say they need a running back. And, and you can make a case for it. I mean, but Rawls played well. Michael seems to have gotten his head where it needs to be as far as uh, focusing on his task at hand in football. Um, they get Jimmy Graham back healthy. Receiver, I think they're fine there with, with Baldwin, Lockett. You know, Richardson is going to be healthy again. Um, I like Jeff Fuller coming down from the CFL. Keep an eye on him. They still have Goodley, I think, will make the roster this time. Um, and Curse is still there as well. So offensive line more in particular. I know they lose uh, Russell Okun, but they bring in Bradley Sowell. Sowell, I'm sorry, from, from the Cardinals. I think center is a big need still, you know, honestly. And that's why I think Max Turk uh, – would be a, a great fit. You know, he's he's my second best center in this draft class. I, I really like his game. As a former running back, you like uh, interior offensive linemen that can get out and around quickly. And being able to run behind 
athletic centers and guards leading the way. You just envision yourself running for a gang of yards, and you just envision student body left, student body spotted, student body right uh, from the old John McKay days at USC. And I think a guy like Max Turk gives them that that uh, that ability, um, especially when you're dealing with a mobile quarterback. You may see certain situations where they may pull the center out as a lead blocker uh, and move the pocket, you know, left to right, give him a lead guy. You could do that with Turk and. I just think he would be a great fit for the Seahawks. For Green Bay, I know everybody – what's funny about Green Bay is that Green Bay does a great job of just staying put and taking the best player available, and it's usually like a receiver. When you look at Green Bay's receiving core, it's like, man, they, they are really six deep at wide receiver. Guys, you can feel comfortable with on any given Sunday going out there and helping you out. They get Montgomery back, um, Jeff Janis – you know, play some. He played a big role in the playoff game. Uh, Abaderis is a solid player, and Adams is going to continue to grow and to get Nelson back healthy. So I think they're straight at receiver. I like their depth at running back. They have their quarterback of the future in, in Brett Huntley um, behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so where could I possibly go? I look at inside backer, um, and Darren Lee I think can play outside or inside. I think for Green Bay, he would be tremendous, athletic can cover, can rush the passer, and is not afraid of contact as far as in the running game. So I think Lee, Darren Lee of Ohio State, would be the perfect fit, in my opinion, for uh, the Packers. Looking at Kansas City, and if I could, I can stick Kansas City with about 15 wide receivers right now. Um, But I won't, you know, because I do like DeAnthony Thomas. I think he should be a running back, but that's neither here nor there. Um... I just think that they're fine with what they have at receiver. I don't know how Andy Reid does it, but he rathers these number threes and make in making them number ones. It works for him, you know. So be it. So I'll, I'll leave the receiving position, the the wide receiver position alone, and I look at defensive line. I think um, a guy, Ashawn Robinson, out of Alabama, would be a great fit to me. Uh, you got Bailey. Uh, you got Nick Williams, who they brought in from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jay Howard, Don Terry Poe, uh, Tia Mau, they bring in as a free agent. Uh, remember him coming out of Washington. I'm a big fan of his game. And uh, Nunez Roaches out of Southern Miss. But I just think a guy like Robinson would help set it off. Now, you look at Robinson, Poe, and Bailey, that's going to free up all kinds of opportunities for Houston, Tom Bali, and, and Derek Johnson and company. So I think adding a defensive tackle for Kansas City would be my pick and would be the I I think he just fits well with this defense. Moving over to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are another football team. And this shows you one of my draft philosophies that you take the best you t- in the secondary, you don't pass up ball skills. No matter the school, no matter the size, you do not pass on guys that can make interceptions. So that's why you see Tony Jefferson you see uh, Carriel Brooks, um, Kevin White, Darrell Eskridge. You know, you don't pass on those guys. Tyron, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Patrick Peterson, you know, Asa Jackson. So talk about a top-notch secondary. They're deep and talented. At the second level, you know, they, they've done a good job. I mean, Kareem Martin, they drafted a couple years ago. Deion Buchanan is 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 outstanding, uh, one of the young stars in the game. I like Gabe Martin. You know, keep an eye on him. 
and we'll see what they can get out of Zach Wegman. Uh, it was funny with, with Wegman, he came out of Montana. I was at the Montana-North Dakota State game in 2014, and I came to see Wegman because he was supposed to be the top pass rusher. And that day I got introduced to Kyle Emanuel, who plays for the San Diego Chargers. Emmanuel made the first three plays of the game. It's funny. When I see guys making that, that has happened twice now. Uh, last year with Kyle Emanuel made the first three plays of the game. And this past season with Victor Ochi of Stony Brook, when I saw them versus Elon, he made the first three plays of the game, which was impressive. Um, point is, though, Wagman does have some ability to get to the quarterback, so we'll see how they utilize him uh, this year, as, along with Shaq Riddick, whom they drafted out of West Virginia. Uh, but defensively, they're they're fine. So I went with a unique pick here. I just think I like the fit for the young man, and that's Jared Goff. Now, he's not my number two quarterback. My number two quarterback is Dalen Williams out of Dartmouth. But if I'm talking fit, I think the Cardinals would be a great fit for Jared Goff. I mean, I know he's going probably to Los Angeles. He's going to look like Jim Everett reincarnated. But I do like him as a as one of those uh, – short to intermediate throwers uh, in this Cardinals offensive attack, I think he would be a perfect fit for, for Bruce Arians. And, and uh, even though he may not have the strongest of arms, I just think his style and how he throws the football over the middle of the field, he makes those bucket throws down the sideline. Um, I like to call him those cover two beaters. <clears throat> He's awesome. I think he would be a great fit here uh, for the Cardinals. Looking at the last three picks, we have Carolina, Denver, and then we're going to get to New England in the second round. But the Panthers, it would be great if they were at if they were to add to add a receiver. Um, we didn't know how bad they needed help on the flanks until the Super Bowl. I mean, we kind of knew when you had guys like Tegan dropping every other pass, but every other pass he caught ended up being a touchdown. Um, but they do get Calvin Benjamin back. Devin Funches is going to continue to emerge. I actually like Corey Brown. Uh, and what he does. I don't know why Stephen Hill is on the roster. He, you know, but they do need a receiver. However, um, I think defensive line depth is where they're going to probably go. And if they do, I think the best fit on the inside, because I like what they have on the end. Uh, Charles Johnson, Ryan Dallaire, Coney Ely, and Arthur Miley is going to be a find uh, this season. He was there last year but was injured. He came out of Southern. Keep an eye on him. Uh, but I like Sheldon Rankins here. I think he would be a perfect fit for Sean McDermott in uh, in Carolina. I, I just think Rankins is a tremendous and relentless pass rusher. Now whether sometimes he may miss the play or not, or m make the play or miss the play, I just think that pressure alone just frustrates quarterbacks enough to where he alters the play. Um, so I do like Rankins as a good fit here um for uh carolina now denver denver needs a quarterback you know that's just right off the bat they need a quarterback they're not going in the season with mark sanchez and trevor simeon threw like three passes as a collegiate you know as a starter so <laughs> you know i mean i wouldn't trust those two uh quarterback in the football team everything else is in place if we're being honest so why not take a chance on the guy if, let's say they want to go with mark sanchez and you want to try this old tired sit and develop and groom type uh, scenario, uh, which I think is just dumb. You get better by playing. But if they're going to go that route, Trayvon Boykin, who is my number three quarterback in this draft class, and you pair him up 
Rick Dennison, Kubiak with that waggle game coming off play action, especially when you have to worry about the, the quarterback as a threat to run, which would be music to the ears of C.J. Anderson, Hillman, and Capri Bibbs. Um, you're taking an extra guy out of the box. You're taking an extra guy away from the running play. The linemen get to get to that second level a little bit easier, and now they have all kind of room to run. And also coming back on that naked bootleg, that hang defender. Okay, do I play up and play the quarterback? Do I stay in my zone responsibility? And we've seen a guy like Trayvon Boykin attack deep down the field with accuracy. So I, so I and on the move. So I do think whatever round it is, Boykin would be a perfect fit for the Denver Broncos. And just going with the bonus pick here, second round pick New England. This was an obvious one for me. Um, Robert Kimdichie, I think, would be great for uh, New England. I like Joe Volano. I know they have Terrence Knighton and, and uh, Allen Branch. Uh, Malcolm Brown is going to be a stud, in my opinion. I think Kimdichie next to Brown would cause problems for the AFC East. Um, I think Bill Belichick can, and Matt Patricia can get the most out of Kimdichie. I think he's going to be put in situations where he's going to have success. And when you look at guys like Kim Dietschy, like a Jamie Collins that, you know, you didn't know where they could be, where they could fit. You saw what he was able to do with Jabal Sheard um, and how he was able to get a lot of help from, let's say, Chris Jones, who was just recently let go. He was able to take these guys that were kind of tweeners that, that, you know, and a lot of those guys had production. They, they still have, you know, uh, guys like Trey Flowers. But I do think a Kim Dietschy, Belichick combination would bring out the best in what we've seen from the guy from Ole Miss. So that's my fits only, best fits only mock draft. Again, if you have any questions, just hit me up on the Twitter machine and uh, post your comments and, and wish everybody's team good luck tonight in the NFL draft. Again, this is all fun, uh, but these are some guys I think would be ideal fits, not predicting where they will go or who they will be selected by. If it were to happen, it would be the best fit possible for these players. That's just my opinion. Um, so, again, if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at FBallGamePlan, and uh, let's continue this conversation online.